Oh shit, it's that time, isn't it? You guys ready? It's ready as I'm ever gonna be. Going live in five, four. Hello, everybody, and damn, is it good to be back. Uh, welcome to a new episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics, we're not going to be throwing numbers at you or, you know, try to tell you what to do with your life, just, we're just going to ask at the end of it, So Did You Like It? I am Sir Square, and joined as always with my co-host. I'm a fellow chucker, Michelangelo, I mean, cuz... And we're also joined by a special guest. Say hi, special guest. Hi, special guest. I love how everyone does that. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> hi, everybody. It's me. It's Bubs. And uh, we are returned. Where Bubs has returned to us after uh, a year away from the thing, and we've recuperated enough to hang out with him again. And he threw us with a banger with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, released in 1990. Directed by Stephen Barron, screenplay by Todd W. Langan and Bobby Herbeck. Guys, it's fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I don't need to give you a synopsis. I don't need to give you a plot. But I do want to, like, I do want to ask, like, this is kind of like a night and day difference pick for you, Bubs. Like, the first movie we watch with you, it's the thing. And we're all just there, like, oh, oh. This one, you're just out of nowhere, like, TMNT. Let's go hard, boys. And we're we're fucking going hard in the chat. We're having a great time. It was like it was like going back in time and just hanging out with your bros again while you're like all fucking ten years old. So fun fact about this movie, uh, as a as a kid, just being a small 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 little mini bubs, I would watch this movie on repeat as a child. This and Terminator Two were like the two movies that I would watch pretty much all the time, and I had the VHS of it and as soon as the movie ended, rewind and press play again. And it was just it was great. I just love this movie so much. <laughs> Ready to hear my vastly inferior childhood. Yeah, I saw this movie like once, but the movie that I owned on VHS that I saw I don't think I saw over and over, but I saw a few times was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> oh <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm more like, familiar with the second one than this one. I feel like I'm a hybrid of the two. I feel like I watched both the first one and the second one the same amount. I've only ever seen the third one maybe twice, and I don't want to talk about it. Never seen the third one. We really don't talk about the third one. We we, we really don't have to talk about the third one. <laughs> I mean, no, because we watched the first one. Why would we talk about a movie we didn't watch, Bubs? Come on. Hey. Well, if y'all... Hey, listen, future podcast, if y'all decide to watch the third one, I'm in. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so, like, both of the movies, though, if I remember correctly, well, I I should remember correctly the second one since I've seen it. Both of those, uh, uh, Shredder, not to to give the game away right away, but Shredder goes down like a bitch. (laughs) Oh, both both times he is the absolute butt of a choke. Like, it feels bad. I feel bad because, like, at the end of this movie, it's supposed to be, like, a super dramatic moment, and this is this is when, like, finally, like, the big battle between Splinter of the Hamato clan and Shredder of the Oroku clan, this, like, giant familial war that's been going on for centuries, and it's over in, like, 30 seconds, and he just, like, 
It, what sucks is like he doesn't even die by Splinter's hand. He dies by Casey's hands. Fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like fucking Shredder dies in a way that could have been like a goofy cartoon sketch where you just like you get like the little like whistle like and then and then that's it and then he just hits the button goes oops yeah but I love how like Casey's leading into it he knows this is fucking ridiculous like oops everyone the man committed murder just like oh my bad ooh I didn't mean it sorry and you're telling me that with all the witnesses in the gosh dang area no one told the police on Casey for killing him. not even Danny that fucking narc yeah, not even the fucking biggest snark of all you time. Would th- you would think Danny would have had like like video footage of Casey Jones pulling that lever on purpose. <laughs> I mean, I, it's bad oh. enough he had just being a narc throughout the whole gosh dang movie. It's just it so ridiculous. I love how like his dad runs a fucking news station where like narcs are always welcome. But his son is rebelling in a way where he's like, nah, dude, I'm going to narc for other people. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> yeah, You never understood. I think about that, but Danny has such a scoop that his father will never get. <laughs> son of a like, bitch. Danny is the <laughs> best investigative reporter. He's met the met turtles Shredder. and Splinter and Shredder. Holy shit. And he'll just never know. That's gonna die with him unless he narks to it on to some other news station outside of his dad's. No, dude. Flash, flash forward twenty years. Danny's like a sunken-eyed individual. He's gone through so many investigative reporter like reports where he goes in like fully like embeds his life into this like criminal organization or fucking roller <laughs> disco rink league. Who fucking knows what this kid's doing at this point? He's just like you don't understand the life of a narc. The things we have to do just to get that story. I, I feel like he would be on TV. Like he would be like a witness protection. He's hiding from the foot <laughs> and the turtles at the same time. I can't really disclose who I am, but you know, it's being an arc wasn't as easy as you think it could be. Oh my god! I just figured it out. The guy from the uh, fucking witness protection adult swim show. It's Danny grown up. Oh my Holy god! Shit, dude. <laughs> Oh God! I didn't think about that. And you know what sucks is like Danny even isn't even the one that like tells the police what happened at the end of the movie. It's the fucking head thug, you know, the realest person in this movie. Motherfucking Sam Rockwell shows up and it's just like <laughs> it was us guys. We got like we've got the location, we've got all the like the stolen goods. I'm turning myself in right now. Get on the better path. Become who I need to be to go to the moon or whatever the fuck Sam Rockwell's done in his career. <laughs> He's gone to other places in space, not just the moon. <laughs> oh, he has? Yeah, I don't know. He was in know. Galaxy Quest. He went all kinds of places. Guys, guys, I think I've only ever seen that movie once and I don't Okay, well, he was in Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide. You're I've right! Only... <laughs> the guy's I've a space-faring seen... uh, uh, pioneer, man. <laughs> I've only seen both of those movies once, so I I couldn't I wouldn't know what to say about it. Why are we doing like just a Sam Rockwell retrospective? Anyways, <laughs> sorry. So the, the, also that scene kind of feels a little flaccid too, because the cop just shows up and he's like, he's like, somebody talk to me. Yeah, he's like, oh, you boys better tell me what's going on. And he's just like, yeah, just go to this warehouse over and blah 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 blah. blah. And he's like, 
or okay, then I guess we'll go do that. You just let the kids go who should absolutely do know something. <laughs> I I compare him to to Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons. They're both just kind of useless. <laughs> he's got that, a little mix of like those like eighties like chief police chief that always does the shouting. Like, cause anytime someone picks up the phone with him, immediately they gotta move the phone away. You got a son named Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he was like the cor- he was like a corrupt version of Commissioner Gordon from like the '60s Batman show. So just a cop. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I've missed those just slaps to the face that Kaz dishes out. <laughs> okay. You know who my actual hero is for this movie? I love the silence. It's John Duprez, the fucking guy who made the music for this movie. I forgot how this soundtrack is a fucking bop, dude. Like, from the opening title to those, like, epic parts where, like, things are going to shit where it's like, dun it 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 And, yeah. like, everything's on fire and shit. And I'm like, holy shit, man, I could just, like, get down to this right now. Yeah, like, some of that music I could imagine, like, as being, like, a tense scene in, like, a courtroom in a Phoenix Wright mo- game. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I need to find some clues quick. And I love how it perfectly encapsulates the year this movie came out. Because it's got, like, it's trying to have that, like, new vibe that was really coming into the 90s, like, or later on in the 90s, but still had that 80s synth vibe to it at the same time. Yeah, I think when we oh, had yeah. the movie, I was like, this is very 80s cheese. Uh-huh. Especially, like, uh-huh. every time, like, something bad was going to happen, you'd hear that one that one riff. I go associated with that a lot with, like, Shredder. I was like, why? Every time Shredder comes on, I just feel like he's a badass because this guitar riff is telling me he's so badass. <laughs> he's so fucking cool, guys. I but want him to be my okay. surrogate dad, too, now. <laughs> okay, but you got to admit, though, when, when he, when, like, he's coming out and, like, the whole area just goes silent and just, like, the drum beats. As he's walking through, you just see his shadow. I always thought that scene was such a <laughs> badass scene. Because oh, yeah, he's just coming in. The for him. They're rolling out the red carpet from a man. And he's just walking in in all of his glory with this wonderful cape that he has on. That's leopard print, might I add. Silver and black. <laughs> oh, it's so fabulous. This man could walk on the lawn and steal the show. All right. All those supermodels would bow down to Shredder. All right, first you thought he was a ninja lord, but no. He's got the cadence to make you go, wow, look at him in his outfit. And then when you thought he was done, they removed the cape, and my boys got on the most glamoured-looking onesie (laughs) ninja onesie in his entire life. And I... I have to tell you, my man is fucking killing it with that that onesie and the helmet on. As a child, I was frightened. (laughs) I have never heard it explained as a ninja onesie. And I will never be able to go back now. Fuck! But he comes out, and this, this man demands... Your oh. respect with with this oh with this with this glamorous self, and everybody just gets quiet, and then all you hear is the the one person that ruins the fucking scene for me, Master <laughs> Danny, in the fucking top of the bleachers, being the little narc bitch that he is, just the worst. 
God, I love how this is like, is this a retrospective on Ninja Turtles, or we're just gonna shit on Danny this for a fucking dunk hour? on this one child for a whole hour. Hey, oh, no, he was, fine. He was older than me. He was older than me at that time. Fuck him. No, if we're dunking on this child, let's talk about the ending where he goes like, and by the way, Dad, it's Dan now. It's just like, <laughs> you kid. Yeah. All right. Like, let, me, let me fast forward 20 years. We're at a bar and you'd be like, everyone's coming up to you. He's like, what up, Danny? And you're just like, ah, it's good to be here. It's just like, fuck you. All right. Every time a kid goes, actually, it's this now. No, it's not. All right. It's fucking not. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't earn, he doesn't earn it or anything like that. You just want the dad just like mess with his hair. Just like, oh yeah. All right, Danny. <laughs> like, Whatever you say. Now get in the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 even has like a kind of a tick. Like he's like, just Dan, <laughs> just Dan. That's yeah, just I don't know. Dan. Yeah. I read that, that. I did read that as it was supposed to be, where it was like, oh look, he, my my, my boy is commanding respect now. He's growing <laughs> he's up. A man. He's a man. Like no, he just <laughs> narked for the right people this time. Actually, when it comes to the Foot Clan and like the interactions that certain characters have to him. I have to give it to Casey because I love when Casey goes to like figure out what Dan's doing at the end of the movie and he helps free Splinter <laughs> and he gets into that fight with like the right uh, right hand, whatever his name was, and like beats him down after a little bit. And there's like the moment where like the head thug tries to be like, let's get him guys. And he's just like, yeah, you want to fight about this? And he's just like, it's like, what? We're a family. And Casey goes, this you think this is a family? You think that guy's family? And you're waiting because you, you you think this is the setup where Casey's going to give this like epic speech about like what family could be and like how you could turn your life around and what maybe real love and life could be like. But instead, he just fucking flaps his hand like, I can't deal with your bullshit, kid. Like, I can't fucking do this. I got to get this rat over to these turtles. And like, I don't know, there's like ninjas everywhere. And you can't, I can't out explain to you what a fucking family is right now, kid. Oh, it's just. It's just terrible. He just, yeah, but he does the little, <laughs> and then the splinter. Splinter has to be the one that lays down the fucking like real thing. He's like, the shredder's just using you, and, and, and you're just like, oh okay, I guess you know that's better than what Casey was doing. <laughs> <laughs> like splinter tries. Casey's like, dude, I don't have time for fucking kids right now. Danny is enough that I have to deal with. I'm only here because of this asshole right now. Splinter does tell the disillusioned Danny, he's like, oh, because he's like, you know, my father doesn't care about me. And he's like, that's not true. All fathers care for their sons. I'm like, uh, I mean, it's true for Danny's uh, occasion. <laughs> but, like, imagine if you're like a kid watching this who's from a real broken home or something. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Like, damn it. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> I feel. Oh. No, but you um, right there over there, Bubs, need to get you some emodium or what? <laughs> Either that, or he's turning into like Macho Man. <laughs> Let me take you, and I'm gonna find my father, and I'm gonna bring him home. <laughs> Are you gonna start at the grocery? Splitters are starting at the convenience store or what? <laughs> yeah, we know Splitters alive. No, I know. <laughs> Instead of going with like a headshot of like his dad, like have you seen this man? He's just going around. Hey, do you smell smokes? Does anyone here sell smokes? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <This> scene, god. <laughs> god. 
this scene is gonna live rent free in my mind for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I want the Macho Man in the Ninja Turtles. Ah, fuck! I've made myself sad now. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> Listen, we all take the time to thank Macho Man right now because he went to heaven to stop the rapture. We all know that's canon. That happened. If anyone was alive at that time, you know. It was the cream of the crap. <laughs> and he was he was the cream all the time. Oh uh, <laughs> I feel like I've lost something in this conversation. Like, I have no wrestling culture to me. I'm over here just like, this is fucking wild right now. I have a, I have a picture to see. <laughs> I'm very Photographic so evidence hot. taken in heaven. But you'll, you'll, you'll show you. But... Uh, I, I I definitely like like the the father son dynamic throughout the movie between Splinter and the Tur- not Danny and his dad but Splinter and the Turtles because like you see I mean I, I to me I feel like this movie's more of a I guess like an arc for Raphael than any other the Turtles because it's him trying to cope with his anger and stuff but that whole scene with him and Splinter are just in like together by themselves and Splinter is just kind of just telling him about like how he struggles with his anger and all that. I absolutely love like the the scene itself and like how the lighting is. It's not too bright, it's real dark and dim and it's just focused on them two the whole time. And then eventually when it comes to Splinter being captured, just seeing how the turtles react, but Raphael to me is like the one that reacts the most in regards to Splinter being captured and not part and I'm just, I just, I just fucking love it. It's just, I ate it up when I was a kid, and I still eat it up as a, an adult today. Yeah, and it is supposed to be serious, but we get that montage. It even shows it in that montage when they're like, you know, like uh, finally separate. You know, when they're when they're settling in the new house, and I think there's like one point where they just show like in the moonlight, Raphael's just on top of the house going Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> so funny thing about that scene. Uh, that was supposed to be Michelangelo. Ugh. They they changed it because they said uh, it didn't fit the tone for Mikey at that time. But it, they didn't do like a like a montage for Mikey doing his own thing. They only did like Leo, Donnie, and, and Casey, I guess. And then uh, you see a couple of cuts of Mikey during the stuff, and he's actually boxing inside of the barn, which I thought was pretty badass. And then that was supposed to be him up there screaming it, but they were like, no. It doesn't fit the character. We got to switch it to Raph. They were correct. They, it was a better really choice were. to go like, with Raph. You, you can't just throw Mikey into that like darker role yet. Like it takes time to take a character that is he is your comic relief and like give him that journey of becoming the one that like finishes the job or whatever you want to do. It's it's it would have been a weird scene to be honest. No, no, no and I I agree because I, I like that Mikey was still getting some kind of action in, the, in that little montage part, but that being Raph on the top, I, it, yeah, it does have a better impact than it just being Michelangelo doing that, because you're like, uh, okay. I do I do like how you're bringing up Raphael's anger, because like, it's, it's an interesting situation where like Raph's anger is what gets them in that situation where he leaves the group for a little bit to go on the roof, gets his ass handed to him by an entire army. He does take out about 20, but he does, you know, still get his ass kicked. To the point to where he's like unconscious and in a coma almost, like he's not gonna wake up. And then when he wakes up, he's like the chillest guy around now. Like when 
after like Leo has his vision about Splinter, he goes in and like first off, Raph's reading a question about War and Peace for Trivial Pursuit, which was already wild to me. <laughs> then he comes in and he's just like Splinter, Splinter's alive, and Raph is just like, yeah, we think so too, yeah. And Donnie's just like, of course he's alive. We all think he's, we alive. All think he's alive. And I th- I was ready for Don Donatello to just go like. In the hearts of every child, in the smile of every baby, Splinter will always be with us. <laughs> and just a shot of a rainbow going on. <laughs> but, but, like, it just seems like Raph's anger is just yeah, gone. Cause like, almost by the yeah, time he when wakes you, up. When you see that scene compared to the one where they just watched April on the news station, and she's like, Thank you, Raphael. He goes from being real chill to, like, Spread us out this somewhere, you know, and then they start fighting back and forth. And then, like you mentioned, he's just like, oh, yeah, we all think he's alive. We're just like, wait, what the hell just happened to you? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking yeah. of April, how much properties does this woman own? God damn, those were yeah. way better times. Holy crap, dude. Like, what <sighs> the fuck? She's got an apartment on top of a pawn shop. And then they farmhouse just an, an antique shop that that she also owns the antique shop because too. it was like her grandfather's. And then like there's the old family farm out in the country of New York City, like New, this the state of New York too. And it's like, damn girl, like you've just got your whole and like you've got everything tied up in properties. Like you're investing in the right spot. Give it like 15 years. April O'Neil's gonna be a type of person I hate because they have too much property. Did she own the whole building? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That was just hers. <laughs> so this belongs to me. <laughs> this is all mine. Or at least that's what—that's the vibe it gave. That like the building was hers. Yeah, that, she did give the the vibe. At least that those two floors, her apartment, and then the antique sh- uh, antique store below it were hers. And I'm just like, man, those were those were good times when people could just own <laughs> property. <laughs> yeah, every everyone misses the time when we could just time. go to the state fair. You know, throw a ball at some cups and be like, ah, oh, damn, dude, just want a four bedroom, two bath. That's so great, man. Like, hell yeah. Like, that's what it, that's, it used to be like, you could just like throw a stone at a house and be like, yep, that one's mine. That's for me. <laughs> you just mail in like 10 cereal box tops and you're like, I'm a homeowner guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, like I have enough H-E-B buddy stickers to give me that three bedroom I've always wanted. <laughs> God damn. This is bullshit. <laughs> now this podcast is making me sad. I'm never going to be a homeowner, guys. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think it's kind of wild how they, like, tried to show corruption in this movie. Like, so this movie was supposed to be a darker take on the Turtles. Like, you know, Raph's cussing and everything. There's, like, a little bit more action to it. There's some tense, like scenes with the music then you just got that moment where like danny somehow gets it gets arrested and then like the cop like the fucking chief of police just like you got a son named danny and then like the next day like charles is trying to be like hey man just like maybe take it easy like you know what i'm gonna get someone to help you on this story they can take over while you just take a day off or it's just like couldn't just just throw some money his way too and just make it a little bit more obvious for us or what like you want to be darker be darker that's totally fine i just like because like are you actually hanging his son over his head it was more just like all right okay so you're gonna tell your reporter to back off and i just give you back your son and like i totally trust you 
nah, he should have held that kid hostage a little yeah. bit longer if we're going to be real with this sequence. Yeah, because the next scene, Danny was with them inside the fucking house. And then they were just... Yeah, he's already been, he's already been let go. Slap on the hand. That's all it was. <laughs> what is... Nothing on the record. What is Shredder's end game here? He He's just going to train a dojo of children and they're going to steal, like, car stereos and Walkmans. And, and portable TVs. See, no, you're not thinking it through. Okay, so first off, he gets a bunch of displaced children that have no sense of love, trust, or family connection. He then builds false connections with these children by making them believe that he is this father-like figure, even when sometimes he abuses them because he's just teaching them how to be strong. Then he teaches these children how to uh, the ways of the ninja and also the ways of theft because they were stealing high-dollar value items. TVs, car stereos, like uh, VHS players, uh, twenty anything, bucks from April's wallet. Twenty bucks from April's wallet. Anything they could get, right? So then you take that, you convert that into capital. You use that capital to invest in the training of this child army you now have that are fiercely loyal to you. With that child army, once you have them trained, ready to die for you, and weaponized, you take up, you take over all of New York City, baby. But he already has like the Warriors, but with a child army. He already has like police in his pocket so it's just like what i he he feels far-reaching as well as uh insignificant at the same time like at one point at one hand people are like oh yeah he's just a weird myth that like people in like old chinatown keep talking about or whatever you know it's just some kind of weird like urban legend they remember which is weird because they're like oh yeah it's some urban legend that people in chinatown are saying happened in japan I don't know where that connection is there. But anyways... It's because not- she was talking to Japanese-Americans, some Japanese immigrants. And, and yet he already has the police in his pocket, or at least uh, living in fear? I'm like, I don't know. And then, like... Yeah, well, just- they just didn't believe it. Because remember, the chief of police actually didn't know what was going on. As 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 Splinter's... Uh, Splinter. Uh, as Shredder's right-hand man is just kind of traipsing about where like all these kids are like doing rad tricks on skateboards and gambling and smoking and playing pinball all the sins major sins you know like one kid accidentally runs into him and he looks like he's gonna get the shit kicked out of him and instead he just goes go play play and, like, with a little finger gesture yeah, with too a little, with, like, i was doing away. the finger gesture right yeah, now. But that, the, yeah that guy went on to go into the next scene and beat the crap out of a upcoming ninja at that time yeah, that's because so he wanted to beat the shit out of that kid. So he's just like, I've got another kid I could do this to where he'll think it's okay. <laughs> there's just, this is so, it, it's like, it's so weird, like how it switches back and forth from like very dark and intense to like, this is kind of silly, don't you think? <laughs> this, this movie about these giant anthropomorphic turtles. Well, I, I definitely can see that Shredder is probably a Star Wars fan because. <laughs> He tells, he tells the whole crowd of kids, I am your father. And I'm just like, ah, I see what you did there, you son of a bitch. That's clever. Yeah, like I said, you build fake familiar relations with these children. You have a bona fide child army ready to die for you. That's what he wanted. That would happen in Star Wars. That's what could have happened in Star Wars if the Emperor would have thought things through. <laughs> Actually, no, that is what happens in Star Wars because that's what you find out. The clone troopers were gotten rid of after what happened uh, uh, after Revenge of the Sith. Oh, right. We take disillusioned and then, kids. Yeah, they started kidnapping children, and like those children would grow up to be stormtroopers. We can't retcon that into Shredder's 
uh, movie <laughs> knowledge. Look, Shredder. Look, I'm just saying that Shredder was smarter than George Lucas because George Lucas didn't work on that. <laughs> <George Lucas laughs> he didn't, didn't do that, that until <laughs> after he saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that he knew what was supposed so, to happen. So what I'm hearing is Shredder ends up losing. Okay, whatever. And he puts all of his money into Hollywood and he helps George Lucas make the prequels no, to you're Star not, Wars. you're not listening to me. Shredder's not... no. It wasn't even the prequels. What I'm telling you here right now, Bubs, is Shredder is not a real character, but his or not a real person, (laughs) but his character arc. What? But his character arc actually helped George Lucas realize what he had to do. Except George Lucas didn't do it. It was J.J. Abrams. That's the mindfuck there. J.J. Abrams was Shredder, though. I'm J.J. Abrams was the actual brain behind the operation and, of the Foot Clan in 1990. And he grew up, changed his name to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh my fucking god. The circle is complete. The circle is there. The end days have come for us. Daddy is really J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we watching again? <laughs> I I like to think like as a like a joke thing. Shredder is stealing all this merchandise, right? Because he doesn't want to pay for the import prices and all that. And eventually, he's gonna open up a big old like Shredder's uh like home emporium, and he's gonna sell all the shit that he stole back to the people in New York. <laughs> that is basically what he was going to do. <laughs> Come on down to Shredder's home emporium. <laughs> we got Sony TVs for low prices. And if they don't like the price we're asking, I'll shred them. <laughs> look, look at this TV. We got a Deborah watching this commercial. I got a TV with your name on it. <laughs> and if you tell me the location of the Ninja Turtles, I will give you a half off your next purchase. <laughs> Master Tatsu's just outside doing like those sick ass like sign moves, like spinning it around and everything according to the show. They're gonna have Splitter. Splitter's gonna. It's, uh, he's gonna be held captive still. So he's he's still held captive in the movie. But they're gonna have him one of those dunk tanks. So they're like dunk the rat. And they're gonna be throwing balls to try to get Splitter in the Ew, thing. Wet <laughs> if I could, uh, if I could bring us back to the movie. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Um, back to April. So it's implied kind of towards the end that her and Casey kind of it's one of those things where they look they're so they hate each other ah ha ha isn't that cute and then they're going to end up together and they seem like they're really into each other by the end. Uh, and then we never see Casey I think for the sequel at least for the second movie. Um, yeah, no, I don't think he comes back. Uh, they don't even mention him I, I think. <laughs> it I just know. never happened. I just think he didn't want to Oh, he is back in uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Oh, okay. That yeah, is not in the sequel. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess it, that maybe they split apart then. But yeah, because um, all it starts off with like all the Ninja Turtles are like really horny for her, and they're teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, so like I get it, <laughs> they're teenagers. But like, yeah, she's just 
unfortunately stuck in this farmhouse with these weirdo like little green turtles and this one guy who she describes as being like a nine-year-old trapped in like an adult's body um so i feel like casey was just kind of uh, the best option of slim pickings (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair but hey you know he gives a really great shoulder massage and really that's all it takes i think that's all it takes. You got firm a hands. Sh- a good shoulder massage goes <laughs> long ways for you. But I, um, shit. <laughs> it went way off topic. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, but um, the like the montages on the farm, I think, are great. And I, I think I even pointed out in the movie, I think uh, at one point when they were training, Michelangelo was blindfolded when he was sparring with the other turtles. Was he? Um yeah, he mm-hmm. he was blindfolded when he was sparring through the source. I'm not sure how they. I'm pretty sure they put holes somewhere on the mask for the, the person to see. But that person, if he had limited vision but was still doing that choreography in the suit, congrats to that guy. That was badass. I think they had all limited vision in those suits, man. <laughs> are we even sure the eye holes for the suits are in the eyes? I think it was in the mouth. Well, there you go. So like, it didn't matter that they blindfolded him. <laughs> They just gave a little, little, little opening to the mouth, and he was able to see. Yeah, he's just going around going ah. <laughs> My favorite part of the the farm sequence is how like it's a very dramatic moment, and you see like April like drawing pictures of each of them. You see Donnie is like connecting with Casey, and like the brothers are working hard, but Leo is just like watching visual or keeping a visual for Raph, who is just like still unconscious, and they're worried about his health. Then they cut to like. So Leo's like dramatically like sleeping on it, like falling asleep on a stool, trying to watch his brother. And they cut to rap, who just looks like an asshole who was on like an all night <laughs> bender, like at every bar he could get to until two a.m. Fucking stumbling and drunk, and they just kind of throw him into a bathtub, just like wake the fuck up, dude. Come on, get your life together. But he's just there, like hanging, like half in, half out, and that's when he realized. Maybe maybe giant turtles don't fit in normal sized bathtubs. I mean, maybe. I did not know that that's the conclusion you were heading to when you started this. I, I, Dude, I didn't even I know where I was going with this. I just thought it was. <laughs> and so, not only is April a rich property owner, she has huge bathtubs. Is what I think I got. I, I just I like how April just kind of cuts into that 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 little montage. Just to go in and pour water on Raph just a little bit. She's like, all right, yeah, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and it's like on his like shell too, like not even like <laughs> on any of his wounds or anything. Just like, yes, we must keep the shell moist. <laughs> but you, you got a point though, because when, when they show him wake up, he looks like he is suffering from a hangover. He's like, what's a guy got to do to get some food around here? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, buddy, I wasn't dead, man. I was just tired. <laughs> Even when he falls to the ground and, like, they, after the foot kicks the shit out of him and he falls through the ceiling, like, they go and they're like, oh, shit, is he alive? And then, or is he dead? And they go and check. And he's like, he's alive. But barely. I'm like, how do you know? You barely even like. <laughs> Did you do the mirror test by his nostrils? Did you see breath coming out of it? So yeah. They use their turtle senses to check on the life force of their brother. Obviously. Oh, oh shut the <laughs> fuck up! <laughs> 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 
No, you know what? I can't even question that because they fucking summon Splinter in a blue aura from fire. Yeah, okay. I if can't, Splinter you know, can fucking use astral projection, these motherfuckers can open their third eye and use some sort of turtle sense, okay? Shit. They hold L2 to see the life force of your brother, just like playing a fucking PlayStation 4 video game. Um, that I, I like the fight scenes. I, I think the fight scenes were kind of short. Uh, or at least there's a lot of cuts between the fight scenes, but mm-hmm. I thought they were well enough made. And, you know, just, um, as, uh, I just wish, I, I know the whole uh, Shredder goes down like a bitch, but I just wish that whole fight scene with Shredder would have lasted longer, just a little bit longer. Cause I, I get what you're saying, but one thing I actually do like about the fight scenes is how you could tell how much the uh, puppets department really cared about making this film worked because each cut, you notice a new bruise on the turtles. Like they are getting damaged in these fights. They are taking hits. They aren't these invincible heroes. Like you see, like when Mikey's cracking a joke in one of the final fight sequences, there is a bruise on the corner of his lip and like a welt on one of his arms. And even Donatello has got some like licks to him that, really stand out to show that they are not like they're not unkillable they're taking damage here but they are still just fighting to make things right and to regain their family yeah that that uh, i just i i it's so good but uh, just okay so so one of the parts when they're fighting shredder fucking donnie throws his bow away and just goes bare hands with fucking shredder and I thought that was pretty badass. <laughs> uh, they also pointed out when they're like taking turns fighting them one at a time. Like we cut away to like Casey and the kids on the ground. That sounds like a <laughs> Casey um, and the kids on the ground. <laughs> and, and the whole time you can hear like because it's Mikey's turn and you could hear like a bunch of like you know huh, huh, yeah huh, you know all that kind of like banter up top. And you were saying like man Mikey's really lasting the longest. And I, in my head, I just imagine he's just making all kinds of sounds while he's doing his nunchuck thing. But, like, yeah, we could have seen a more drawn-out fight if we'd have seen, like, whatever was going on up there. Um, I do like when they cut to, like, after they've all had their one at a time with Shredder. They're just, like, circled up, just breathing really heavily. And Mike, just like like a high school football coach, now someone tell me when exactly we lost control here. When did we as the players <laughs> not realize that teamwork was important? Yeah, that was that was pretty weird that, you know, they were pretty much working together. At least they, they were still fighting individual characters or individuals, foot soldiers. That's yeah, what they, they did team up attack. Yeah, and it just seemed like... They would, like, spin each other around or... It just seemed like when it, when it came to Shredder, everybody's like, all right, one-on-one is what we're going to do, <laughs> and... Shredder even tells him, he's like, oh, y'all could have got me if, like, <laughs> even if I killed one of y'all, like, the three of y'all, seriously, like, I can't take on three Ninja <laughs> Turtles. But now that you threw away your weapon, yeah, fuck. the four of you not just, like, really give the best beatdown ever here? Like, how, what's with this whole one-on-one they thing? Like, one this is time. some bullshit. You are four brothers who have, and, like, they were even doing training tactics together where they were, like, doing sequence attacks where they worked off of each other in the farmland area. But no, here, it's all about honor. One-on-one fights. Well, dude, you're ninjas. They didn't fucking do one-on-one fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any kind of shit's the bed, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, Leo. 
Leo shits the bed pretty bad, but it, it he is I the only one I'm that. Saying, wait, I'm saying the ending. Look, the I, ending shits the bed. I, I get that, but with Leo, the one thing I can give to Leo is he's the only one that damages Splinter or Shredder in a one-on-one fight. Oh fuck yeah, Leo was going hard with his blades, and even if, if you like, I know it's all choreographed and all that, but you could just see Shredder was trying his best just to kind of keep up with Leo's speed, and eventually he got him, but you know. With, not without taking damage himself from that from that one on one, and just the just seeing like showing that one like you mentioned, turtles are not invincible, and two shredders just as vulnerable as they are because like as soon as Leo gets that double cut on his arm, uh, they don't show any blood or anything, but you see like you see Shredder immediately grab his arm like in pain and just kind of wincing a little bit like you know just kind of you're trying to deal with that. He also is the first one. That's when he de- Shredder decides that the first one that needs to die is Leo because. He's the biggest threat. Yeah, so because if Leo would have just had the fucking realization where it's like, guys, why don't we all attack together? <laughs> and Leo's <laughs> fucking coming at him with three others distracting him. Yeah, Shredder would have been taken down in a second. Oh yeah, most definitely. If all four of them would have attacked him, Shredder had no chance. Uh, but Shredder was damn good at you know angering Leo. Because I mean, when you see Leo throughout the movie, he's calm, he's collected, he's you, he has his shit together. Uh, but when he mentions the the rat, and then he's like, "Oh, it has oh, a name," man. or had a name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 you lie! <laughs> Do I? This this was Bubs during the movie. He quoted the entire movie to us <laughs> as we were watching the movie. I stopped myself after a minute because I was like, I didn't want to be annoying. I, I just well, I felt no, like I was because mad actually, annoying. actually, we watched this. So we watched this movie two weeks ago. But, like, I had to be out of town, and then we really needed an R&R weekend as well after that to just kind of, like, reset. So, it's been a minute since we watched this, so I rewatched the movie today. Actually, like, an hour, like, I watched the movie right before getting onto the call with you guys. It worked out really well. But as I was watching it, I was just like, I kind of miss Bubs. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the quote off. Somebody clip that. Save it and send it above. Send it to me. I, I'm going to put that as a sound clip on my channel. When someone, you're going to pay points. You're going to hear Square and say that. Um, you know what? I kind of miss Bubs. <laughs> uh, it's, I, uh, it's just. Okay, so. Tucker, send him the audio. <laughs> okay, so Kaz is right. I, I agree. I love this movie. But the end with Shredder does shit the bed because when Shredder shows up, and the final confrontation is going to happen. First off, I do want to say this this Shredder shows up as they climb to the top of a building and beat up more of his ninjas. Shredder descends from an even taller building, jumping down. It's just like, all right, man, that's a fucking statement. Yeah, and he falls down so fucking slow-mo. It's so beautiful. You just see, he's just like, and then, you know, turtles start joking. Didn't anybody know who or what this is? And then, you know, what what I love about it is before the ending shits the bit, Shredder tells them that they fight well in the old style, but they, you know they cause them enough trouble. Which means Shredder has not stopped fighting and practicing and getting better and shit because you know he's he's congratulating him on fighting well in the old style. But to me, I took that as like my man's still training every day and getting better every day. He's learning new techniques. Yeah. He ain't stuck no, with the old style. He, he just never, knows it. He. That's why, like, in a different world, like, Hamato Yoshi and Oroku Saki could have been friends because 
that's what they all just strove to be like better constantly working on your techniques it have had the most baller oh my gosh it would have been like an even better version of cobra kai on netflix it would have been really great guys we would have had a great time but anyway back to the the what i was getting to because even even splinter in his old age has never given up you don't see him do physical training but he's constantly meditating He's constantly training his mind to go farther and farther into these like old styles to be able to do the things he's able to do when like his body is at a time where it should start to fail him, but he pushes past that. And you can see Shredder is also doing this constantly, always trying to be a better fighter, but that's where his hindrance is at because he's trying to be the best physical fighter, but he never actually works on his mind. While Splinter will always have the upper hand because he trains both body and mind. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, because it was it was funny to see how anger, like um, how anger. I can't talk today. Uh, how angry he got when Splinter shows up. He saves Leo from dying, and he just he mentions like uh, Amato Yoshi, and <laughs> the most goofiest part of the film. Shredder takes off his fucking mask and he goes, "You." Now I will finish what I began with your ear. And I was just like, oh shit! And he goes, I have dreamed about this rat for years. <laughs> Which means, no matter what he did to kill Matayoshi, Splinter, even though the scar was enough on his face, but the mental scars that Splinter left on this man were forever haunting him. Are you telling me I just got bitch slapped by a rat? I believe that's what the kids call living in his head rent-free nowadays. <laughs> Which was cheaper back then. And then my man just gets his gets his staff and charges at Splinter, gets ninja flipped over the side of the building, and in the most very noticeable and super nonchalant way, he starts grabbing for something in his back pocket. <laughs> like, Splinter can't see him do that. Oh, maybe his vision is failing him at his old age. And then Shredder's just like, ooh, gonna get you. Gonna get you. And then, and then, and then yeah, Splinter catches a fucking blade. <laughs> <laughs> With his fucking hands, with his super long rat fingers, by the way. He's like... <laughs> and like what? The, it's He's like five, ten, like five to seven feet away from him hanging down. And he still is able to just catch the blade without a problem. Yep. That's, that's fucking skills, man. That's... That is one say, thing I can say about the final fight is like... They do showcase Splinter getting angry and showing how he doesn't think things through compared to Splinter. Because, again, it's like... It's that common trope where it's like, you could do... What's what's a better fight between two martial arts masters? A fight that lasts like 15 minutes and it gets bloody, or a fight that ends in 30 seconds and it only takes one move? Like, both of them are going to throw their best at each other, and it's, it's do or die in this one moment. So that's what they went with. Like, uh, Shredder loses himself to his anger and wanting to complete his quest to destroy the Hamato clan... And Splinter keeping his calm and his as he always does in these situations, and able to just seamlessly parry any attack when it's only one attack, and he he's even using just like Mikey's nunchucks without a problem. He's even holding this man's yeah. weight too as he's like doing this old rat just like ah 
When you die, it will be with no honor. I don't know the the strength of a mutant rat, giant mutant rat. <laughs> he could have enough. That is strength. true. That's right. He was he was drinking the ooze. Ooh, speaking of nunchucks, I'm gonna throw out a fun fact that I heard a long time ago and have not never once verified. So I have no clue if it's true. I just heard it and it sounded interesting. That apparently because and this I don't know how much. Y'all will remember this, but there was like kind of like a craze for a bit where like ninja weapons got really popular and then they kind of got like outlawed or prohibited for certain ages or or, or places because uh, parents freaking out thinking that their kids are going to, I guess, become ninjas and murder people. I don't know. But anyways, I don't know if y'all remember that. And apparently it was much worse in the UK. So they outlawed those weapons and then they weren't allowed to show the Ninja Turtles like on TV because uh, one ninjas, two nunchucks. So for the sequel... Michelangelo doesn't use his nunchucks, and the one time he does nunchuck things is with sausages. Uh, and even then, that was too much, so they also still censored that one anyways. Yeah, I think in, <laughs> even in the cartoon in the UK, Michelangelo didn't... They, they edited out the nunchucks, and he was using like a kind of yeah. like a grappling hook kind of deal. Um, just something real non, non... nunchucks, pretty much. Basically, there were too many British kids that are found with ninja weapons, so you're like, oh! Chinese Ninja Warrior. <laughs> too too many little too many little British oh, kids it, get bonking themselves on the head with a nunchuck. Remember the remember the episode of South Park with the ninja weapons? Those are based on a true story, actually. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. In, in the UK, they were called UK. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because uh, they they did, they censored out the ninja in the name. It it, it they, oh there was a lo- I mean there was a lot of censoring for the turtles outside of the US. I'm guessing, but. UK was one of the bigger ones, for sure. Yeah. I just do remember there was a bit of a stigma around, like, ninja weapons here. For here, it was nunchucks as well as ninja stars, I believe. I remember... Swords? Who cares? You can get your kids swords. <laughs> oh, fuck. Swords are cool. Swords are for everybody. They're part of our culture. You don't have a sword? You're a loser. <laughs> you got ninja stars? You're dangerous. dangerous. You arrest that <laughs> kid. Donatello's just cool. He's just really smart, and he has a stick. It's just a stick, guys. It's nothing more than just a stick. But no, dude. Yeah, they got away Nunchucks, with sticks, two sticks connected by a thread or chain. Fuck you. All right. How dare you bring such violence onto my screen? I can't believe you would have the audacity to have Michelangelo use nunchuck sausages in the second movie. <laughs> Wait, it makes me wonder. What is the UK's versions of like Bruce Lee's films like? <laughs> It's just so they edit out the nunchucks and it's just him swinging his hands around like crazy. <laughs> no, it turns out that edited YouTube video of like uh, the nunchucks being lightsabers actually comes from the British version. They just like they were the original ones, just like no, he only uses lightsabers. They're not ninja weapons; they're just lightsabers, guys. Oh my god, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's less that's dangerous. dangerous, guys. I have to say, I what I do like about uh, the Easter eggs of this movie is, did you guys know that all four of the uh, actors in suits for the Ninja Turtles are in the film as just bit characters. I've heard that, but I've, I've never really kept an eye out for Like, it. yeah, Mikey yeah, was I know the, the delivery guy. And then, uh, what was it, Raph was the guy inside of the taxi in the backseat? Mm-hmm. He was like, what the heck was that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that one you could tell easily from the voice. The other ones yeah. I didn't know. Also, I do love how, so like, for this... <laughs> Since pizza was so important to the Ninja Turtles now because of the cartoon show, um, I love how Pizza Hut did was part of their like twenty million dollar budget for advertising for this movie. 
Yeah, Domino's got all of the product placement in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Eat shit, pizza. <laughs> so one of the jokes that I really like though is when, when they when they first get back to the store, mm-hmm. and then they find the pizza that Danny had for them there, and uh, Donnie looks at the pizza and he's like, "Do you like penicillin on your pizza?" I love and that Mikey joke. When I was a kid, I didn't know what it meant. Now I'm figuring it's because there's mold all over the pizza. It's such a smart fucking joke, and it's so perfect for Donatello's character. It's so good. Like, a kid will just laugh at it because of what they're doing, but a parent will be there and be like, ah, Clem. Well, I mean, a certain type of parent. Not every parent's just going to be like, ah, yes, penicillin. Created after, like, doing the research into mold. So now we know mold is on the pizza. It was really funny that every time they mentioned pizza, there was a weird sound effect where Mikey would just pop out of nowhere. Just It was just weird, like... <laughs> I loved that. Oh, it's up. like when you take, like, you're on a xylophone and you just fucking, like, you go down the key with, like, the keys with just one of your little uh, hammers, just like... I'd like to invite you all in, but uh, I really don't have anything to offer you guys except for... Uh, frozen pizza let's go for it yeah there you go that's a better <laughs> it was so um, good but yeah it was just so goofy and out of nowhere yeah because he pops up from the sewer he's like he's like let's go for it you're just like what the fuck did he even climb up he just flew up he was um, like three different times <laughs> always be forgiving but never pay uh, extra for late pizza i gotta get a no road <laughs> <laughs> uh no, that, that whole part when Mikey's doing the impressions, I I felt like Raph on that part because I was like, oh, Mikey's doing impressions. Or no, he's, he, what he did, Rocky, and he's, he did like what, Carmine or whatever he, uh, Raph said at that time. Uh-huh. I don't even know what the fuck Carmine is. So I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> then like Cagney, I think. Oh, no, it was Cagney. No, you're right. Oh, okay. <laughs> How dare they do Cagney? I don't even know who that is. Was that They're like some... Dirty red. <laughs> Fuck you, Kaz. How dare you do Cagney? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember after that, April was just like, oh, I bet Splinter loves that one. Everyone's just so quiet and staring at her. Uh, everybody get get your weapons ready. <laughs> so I, I like the actress who played April in this movie. I thought she did a great job. But then I learned a fun fact about why she did such a great job for this movie. So when she was cast for this movie, um, she actually had never read a comic for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and never watched the show. Had no idea what she was getting into. But at the same time, she was filming a movie with Robin Williams, who was a huge fucking fan of the comics and shows. So when she showed up on set, she actually had a lot of information because he spent all his free time he could catching her up so she could know everything. Everything there was to know about the world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that movie was toy. And that fuck you, dude. All right, fuck <laughs> off. Fuck <laughs> off. No, dude. No. So I, I, I liked the depiction of April in this movie rather than like the one just like from the old cartoons. Because one of the cartoons basically just get captured, they save her. You know, April was trying to stand up to the Foot Clan ninjas when she was going to get jumped in the subway. Mm-hmm. And she, she pulled out the fucking sigh at one point, and they smack it away, and she's like, all right, that's it. She starts fucking banging everybody with her fucking purse like a goddamn champion. Yeah. And then... Uh, this one's he, scrappy. 
And then even at like the ending when Mikey was, uh, you know, luring all the ninjas to that one part of the sword and they would get bopped on the head by her. I was like, all right, April, you know, like she's, she's doing some stuff, not just like cowering or anything like that. I thought that was badass. I do appreciate that. Yeah. She, uh, is never like kidnapped or anything like that. And she has a bit more agency. She, in this. she just has like an actual story. I mean, I have kind of. I have a weird question to ask. You know, so there's that fun scene where like her boss is coming to go visit her apartment, and she tells the turtles, turtles to hide, and they're ninjas, so naturally they're very good at hide and seek. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know, there's like fun shenanigans where it's like you know the kid sees one of them under the table, but then he turns and he's not there. And well, at one point she's washing her face in the restroom, and her boss fo- follows her in because he's talking to her or whatever. And she uh, she sees one of them in her, her shower, and so she tries to, like, distract him so he's not, like, you know, doesn't look. And so she says, hey, can you get me a towel? And the f- he's like, oh, where do you keep them? And the first place he does is open the shower curtain? Like, do people keep dry towels inside the shower? It was the 90s, man. It was a weird time. <laughs> Hey man, extra where... dry towels in your shower. No one's yeah. saying, of course. <laughs> well, are you telling me you don't have shelving in your actual shower to keep your dry towels? It's shelving for soaps. I think it was just to build up the scene of like the ninja showing how stealthy they were. Yeah, well, well I mean... it didn't make sense. <laughs> and I hate for, it. For, for it's like I just don't want you to see my unsightly bathroom. Like what? <laughs> for the no, exception of again. Mikey. <laughs> For this section of Mikey thinking that hiding under the table with this stuffed animal was going to be the ideal hiding spot uh, from the narc Danny and his... Uh, Seems on his point p- for Michelangelo, actually. <laughs> you think Mikey's not going to grab his stuffed animal before hiding to make sure that they are safe? Fuck you, bubs. All right? Some of us care about our stuffed animals. Oh, no, no, no. Fuck you, because he <laughs> left it there when he went to hide somewhere else. Shows how much he cares about that stuffed animal. Because then he had to choose the stuffed animal or his fucking family, bubs. All right? Sometimes we have to make choices. Ah, well, he chose. stuffed animal was family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that, that, I mean, I I just think they're just trying to build tension maybe with that part of the scene. There's like, oh, oh, because what what she was like, oh, when she saw the shell of Donnie inside the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, he's gonna look in there and he's not gonna find anything. And he didn't. He found everything. He saw the unsightly bath ring. Damn. Wash your fucking tub, April. Yeah. God damn. Come on, guys. <laughs> every two weeks, you should be washing your fucking tub. At the end of every week, you should be washing your tub. Welcome to So Did You Like It? How You Fix Your Homes Today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the next episode, we go into tax. Uh, wait, hold up. What? what, what, what? <laughs> Guys, and don't worry, we're gonna get to sheetrock soon. I know we're all excited. Get your hard hats. Get prepared. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like. Are we missing anything here? Does anyone have anything else they want to add to this? This beautiful conversation that's only been about Ninja thing. Turtles. I have one more thing. Please give it to me. Casey's stupid. How dare so you make fun of they, that claustrophobic man? They, you know exactly what I'm going <laughs> <laughs> Casey goes down into the sewer with them and whatever. And he, they're like, oh, yeah, so we're just going to... What do you mean spend the night here? And they're like, oh, I get it. You're claustrophobic. And he says, 
hey, what are you talking about? I never even looked at another guy. So one, he thinks that claustropho- or claustrophobia it means homophobia. Two, he thinks that homophobia means that you are gay? <laughs> like, that's a double dumb on Casey, who, frankly, I didn't have a whole lot of love for from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I liked his first... Uh, entrance in the in the movie though I thought it was pretty cool. And I, then... know, I I just the for me as a kid even the visual of of like looking at Casey as a kid like on the cartoons, uh, just the hockey mask for some reason I just always thought like yeah he's, he's like a he's just like a just a ninja like Jason who doesn't kill. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's joke when like they're. When they're all fighting in the in the the antique shop, and everybody's like ah, oh, ah and everybody's just like grunt grunting, like calming down, and then there's just like who and who the heck is that? Wayne Gretzky on steroids? I was like, <laughs> all right, that's fair. I do. That's fair. I do love how um, with Casey too. After the whole claustrophobia thing, he's like in his truck trying to get like <laughs> fucking comfortable. It's like scared of enclosed spaces. How it's like. Oh, so you did know what that meant? Yeah. Like, you did know what claustrophobia was. You... Well, no, someone explains it to oh, him okay. after. Oh, okay, I forgot after about after that. He... I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, someone explains it, like, what it means afterwards. I think probably Donatello, I'm, I'm going to guess, of all people. Yeah. I thought for a second it was just like, wait, so he did know? He was just like, no. how dare you? I think he's just I think he's just dumb. He's just dumb. I, I, I like, like, how, of course, Donatello's a smart one. Everybody knows that, but... They didn't make it like where he was overbearingly smart, like correcting everybody and all that kind of shit. They did it very subtly throughout the film. Like, of course, one, the penicillin joke. um, And then one of the other ones were when they were all smashing the ground with the axes. And he starts telling all the foot soldiers that, you know, you're speaking right now that it would, it's not a good idea for all your friends to jump on in right now. And then pretty much after he says that, the ground just collapsed yeah. beneath them. And I was like, all right, so he's smart, but they're not putting in like where he's like yeah. overly nerdy. There's not you know? a scene where he's just like, actually, guys, if I calculate this, you know, that. <laughs> there's not that kind of moment. Just that he's a bit more observant and knowledgeable than the rest of them. And it just kind of, there's hints of it. Yeah. And I, I thought that was great. I thought that was like, especially with him working on the car with Casey. I know they didn't really show him working on the car. But him just being a part of that in general, I thought that was great too. And of course, talking back and forth about Gilligan's Island. Oh my god, was, was great. You know, Gilligan was a geek. <laughs> I was like, oh man. But like Donnie had Gilligan's back, which I respected on that. But you know, I, I, I it's, you know, it's great. I, I like the little dialogue here and there. I will say this for Casey though, because like he the whole time he had never met Splinter. And the whole time. And so by the time he like goes and follows Danny to the hideout and he's like, they're going to get Splinter or whatever. And he brings it to him and he sees this giant talking rat who looks at him and he just like, he just looks at Splinter, this tied up rat. And he just shrugs. Like, All right, let's get you out of here. All right, <laughs> where's the keys? Things. He's got the keys. Let's fucking go. I've seen some weird shit already kind of thing. Just all right. <laughs> hey, but at least he got the girl at the end of the movie. All right. At least he uh, did it. No, so like, my my take for part two is the reason Casey's not there is he's wanted for murder for killing the shredder, <laughs> and he's who he's is in hiding. part two. 
She is hiding out big time, So that's boys. why he's back in part three, because he's been exonerated because the Shredder is proven to be alive until he's dead by, you know, the dog. Until he's killed by vanilla ice. He's killed by the sweet fucking wraps of vanilla ice. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, unstable dog. <laughs> I won't say which one was the thing that killed him. They're both equal. <laughs> but they're both equal. But I'm going to tell you now, my guess ends, uh, rhymes with Shamilla Mice. <laughs> I want to fucking die right now. I hate both of you. <laughs> go, Ninja! Go, Ninja! Go! Go, Ninja! No! Go, Ninja! Go! <laughs> oh, no. So you're telling... Oh, okay. I'm not even going to... I'm not going to jump into part two right now because I'm going to lose my fucking mind right now. Okay, you're fucking telling me he sees the Ninja Turtles once, and my man makes a freestyle about him. Fuck that! <laughs> He's like, bro, I've been waiting to drop this fucking tune, and now I've got the reason. He's he's just oh. that good, man. He can just make up lyrics on the fly. Are you telling I'm... me an artist with the impeccable integrity like Vanilla Ice would not be able to just have some bars off the top of his head? I am fucking over both of you and I will be someone, back for another year someone who stole some <laughs> instrumental notes from Queen <laughs> look you're, are you trying to tell me that this man probably isn't as like as honest and artistic as Limp Biscuit? Oh, why are you God. like this? Why are you, why? You, need, you want two enemies for the podcast? All right. As I told this. you We're guys done. in toys, this is my fucking villain year. <laughs> I've never seen toys, so I don't know what happened there. Uh, I got hurt. I got hurt badly for toys. <laughs> hey, leave Limp out of this. this <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God. Uh, I, 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 I just want to say... Um, I love this movie, and I will, whenever I have kids one day, I will be that dad and be like, I need to show you something that's super red and cool, and I pray to God that they love this movie with me. <laughs> but all you collect is physical media, and they won't own a DVD player. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so, Kaz. That's me, I think. Did you like it? I do. It's fun. It's goofy. It's a it's a wacky little adventure. It's it's pretty Casanova. Bossa Nova? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't Chevy Nova? Anything. I don't remember anything of this movie. Um it's alright. Um Yeah, I like it alright. I'm probably not gonna show it to my kids unless they care. <laughs> They're like, hey, Dad, should I see Teenage Mutant Turtles? Eh, if you want. Cass <laughs> fucking yeah, coming guess. out of his room. You speak of the before times. Yeah, Bob's just kicking open my front door. <laughs> Someone that, say turtles. That Let's I get can't to afford watch. because I don't own three houses. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's oh, fine. Please don't make that the canon for me. I don't want people to start to call, just... call me moneybag bubs. No, I, was, like, I oh, was referencing April owning multiple. Oh, houses. okay. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> but, but, don't thank God. But, thank uh, Cass. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just okay. It, it's it's fun. It's silly. but eh. And then the ending really kind of shits the bed. I mean, uh, bu- bubs, I guess. You, you kind of just answered it before we got to the, the, the proverbial question. But... Uh, did you like I, it? Oh, I love it. I love this movie so much. And I will I will continue to love this movie. 
Ask where <laughs> Oh shit! I'm like, oh, all right, that's that's and it. There Wrap we it up. Go, Wrap it up. Play <laughs> all right, Scorian, did you like it? Uh, let me just shit all over your childhood real quick. I'm just kidding. No, it's a great movie. It's fun. Like to be honest, one of the best things about this movie is it had no hope. It had a small budget, and it had to. They had to do a lot of things to make this movie work, and it is. It at the time was the highest grossing independent film release of all time. Off of their thirteen point five million, it made over two hundred million for a series that for a film that could have flopped as bad as Masters of the Universe. So I I do enjoy watching this movie. I do enjoy the soundtrack. And I don't care what my kids want in life. I'm going to show them these movies, and they're going to sit down, they're going to have a good time, or else they're just going to fucking be on their phones and complain to all their friends about it. I'm not going to give a shit. I'm having a great time. But yeah, no, I did like it. It was fun. So what do you got going on in your life, Cass? Uh, um, uh, well, I cannibal through all of Dead Space, so we're done with that. I'm going back to Blasphemous and Kingdom Hearts, Nanda's Death Stranding. And then I do Divinity with some jackass. Oh, yeah, fuck um, that guy. <laughs> Bubs, what do you have? Oh, wait, sorry. You can see this podcast on Fridays. Probably, maybe, who knows. And some of the other shenanigans at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two. ND in the word respawn. Uh, I'll smoosh together. Uh, and we have our special guest, Bubs. Bubs, who are you wearing? Uh, so I, I also play a game with a really cool guy on Mondays. Uh, swell guy. I think, I think everybody likes him. Uh, for myself, I just finished up Danganronpa Despair Girls. Thank God. <laughs> a bit much. I might be taking a hiatus on that. But on Fridays, I'm playing Persona Strikers. So, sounds good. Every other day kind of depends on what I feel like playing. So, yeah. No definitive schedule yet. Where can How they find you, you Bubs? Oh, uh, you can find me at uh, Digibubs86 on Twitch TV and Dbubs86 on Twitter if you feel like being nasty. Okay, I'm calling the cops uh, on uh, Bubs now. Anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding about the nasty part. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean uh, it. I no, just, no, I'll no. take it back. They are on the way. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real. Um, no one likes playing games with me. I'm usually all alone. I totally get it. It's fine. But you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash and I've been playing um, recently. I been I finished up Ghost of Tsushima, which was incredible. So I've started uh, Metroid Prime Remastered for my first ever Metroid game to see if I can actually finish this to completion. Uh, and just a lot of I still do D and D stuff, and I have some stuff that's going to be coming out in the next uh, couple weeks for D and D. A new Eldritch adventure that I've been working on uh, that I'm pretty proud of. Uh, but for now, you can just find me at Sir Squarin on Twitch.tv or on Twitter at Sir Squarin as well. Sir, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. First time I fucking got it right on my first try. Oh my god, that's fucking wild for me. Uh, but you can listen right. to this podcast every week edited due to the hard work of our friend Tucker, who you can find at twitch.tv forward slash Tucker wins or on Twitter at Tucker underscore wins puts in a lot of work for us uh just because he enjoys uh the creative project to it and uh working with us on these podcasts so you can check these out on spotify apple music or apple podcasts 
uh, Amazon Podcast or Amazon Music, whatever they call it, Stitcher, uh, just anywhere that podcasts are located. Uh, what are we watching next week? The movie Cars. You heard it here first, everybody. Ka-chow! Ka-chow, everybody! We have March planned out. And I'm still that's it. Because he was like, no one wants to play games with me. So I'm like, I Shit, know. Wait a minute, feel bitch. like I'm the only thing he has. This, this asshole over here. As oh, no one likes playing games with me. I'm like, shit, he really has no friends. I'm all he's got. <laughs> no, I'm, Queso's I'm just... going to be so pissed because I actually play Path of Exile with Queso every week. <laughs> Kick his ass, Queso. Kick his ass. We've, we've got. March planned out, and we're not going to announce March just yet for March Madness, but we have no idea what we're watching next week, so... I have the spiciest take I forgot to say for this movie. I think I had way more fun time with Warriors of Virtue. I'm just saying! Oh, fuck you! Fuck, fuck you! Fuck oh, you! Oh, Edit it now, Tucker! Edit it now, Tucker! Rub it up! Oh, no!